shut up and drive. Morning, Dave. Good morning, Kevin. And it's great to do our third podcast for Shut Up and Drive. Yeah, the uh, archive just builds up almost by the month, it's doesn't lengthy. it? It's time to get a new server. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the demand has simply been too high. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I wanted to start off talking this week about, I just gave these VIP tours at the DC Auto Show. Does that mean so. you're a VIP or you were giving them to VIPs? Um, I guess both. The people that chose to listen to our tour were VIPs and I was the VIP to the VIPs. So. Well, yeah. And if they're looking for informed perspective, you'd be the guy to go to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I really, you know, it's always great seeing the product. You know, we've talked in the past podcast about how the auto shows are doing and the right. public comes and stuff, but it really does make a difference to see the product and outside of a dealership and where you just take your time and yeah it's neutral territory yeah. and, and you can see competitive vehicles or competitive segments side by side by side yeah. you're only two or three minutes away from cadillac if you're looking at lincoln or chevy exactly, if you're looking at exactly. ford vis-a-vis getting in your car and exactly. going for another drive yeah. so there were definitely like three things that stood out to me there i mean when i was given the tours repeatedly one was i finally saw the new you know, Land Rover, the Defender. Yes, yeah. And, you know, of Highly course, the industry has been gaga over it. So to see it in person was just, I understand the gaga nature of it. Right, now. right. Yeah. I, I was I was very pleased because it's still immediately recognizable as a Defender. From some of the photography, I thought they had made it, and they have made it more organic. It's maybe a little less vertical than the Defenders of old, yeah. which yeah. obviously the architecture dates to 1948. Yeah. We're all less vertical than we were in 1948. But, uh, <laughs> but that said, it's still very, very much a Land Rover Defender. Oh, that's what some of the people were asking me what year Defender was first out. And I was like, oh, you know, World War II era. Blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. So I, couldn't, I didn't War know II. the exact year. Would right, have been good right. to know. Yeah. You yeah. should have been doing VIP tours. I'm not a VIP. Yeah. But it was just the Defender really blew me away. I mean, the price points, the, you know, there's the Defender 110. And then there'll be a two-door version, the Defender 90. Right, correct. Coming out in about a year or so. And it starts at 49.9. Which to get this kind of heritage name right. at 49.9 versus it's a three-row SUV with all this emotional design, all these accessories you can get. Um, and knowing just, that you can spend – and this isn't in any way dissing the Jeep Wrangler because that's a remarkable vehicle yeah. in its own right. But you can spend sixty-five grand. On a cheap wrangle, you can spend sixty-eight grand on the three-row, you know, the new Ford Explorer. But that's yeah. just a blob compared to the emotion that this right. Defender has. And you're obviously emotional about it. I, I finally am. <laughs> I think I was one of the last holdouts. So. Well, do you remember what the drivetrain is in this new Defender? Oh my gosh, it's it's a current drivetrain that will be new. They're putting another new drivetrain in. Okay. When the okay. Defender ninety comes out. Okay. Okay. So inline six maybe. Yeah. 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 I, I was. I. I too. I didn't get the VIP treatment that you got and gave, but I walked did a walk around of the Defender also, and I'm just blown away by the potential i'm kind of excited about the 90 the two-door variant just because there's so few two doors in that segment that are still still substantial you can get a two-door wrangler but it's just you and your passenger it's nothing else or nobody else really well the, in terms of capacity it's be interesting lifestyle the statements these two doors i know we've talked offline before about the Bronco coming back right. and right. there's going to be a two-door version of the Bronco believe so right, right. what are they going to call that uh i'm I'm not sure. Mini Bronco, Bronco well, Sport, the, Bronco Club. The, the Bronco Sport Cub. is based on the Escape, so it's a soft rotor using or using a derivative of the Bronco name, 
And then the Bronco itself is the body on frame. And frankly, I'm not clear as to whether they're going to build a two-door version of that or not. Oh, okay. So, so there's Bronco and Bronco okay, and Sport. Like a sport yeah, concept. Yeah. Okay. But, but still, the Bronco, for somebody that doesn't have $50,000 plus, the Ford Bronco, which will be here in the spring, at least its intro will be here mm -hmm. in the spring, looks to start more like 30 to 35. In mm. other words, overlapping the Jeep Wrangler in terms of price point. And I'm sure you can still spend 60 grand on the thing. But for those of us of more democratic socialist means, it stands to reason if you like that Defender architecture, that footprint, but can't spend 55 to 60, Ford might have an alternative for you. Well, the whole Defender line will be, it's at 49.9 up through like just topping out at 79 or something. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, considering the Explorer goes to 68, 69. Oh, right. I don't know. There's just massive overlap between the luxury brands and the mainstream brands. And, and you could lease three-row SUVs that are supposed to be family haulers. I mean, why not get something more emotional? Oh, quality issues. You know, you might have some issues with the Land Rover brand that from their, again, their heritage and quality. But, you know, these days that's about, oh, the headliner is peeking out in a certain area. That all the, It should all be fine. Although when you speak to quality issues in the Jaguar Land Rover brand, brand. Yeah. There, there, there still remains some. And to be sure, on consumer surveys, they're probably yeah. more of a nitpicky but type. So is Jeep. And look at their demand. But yeah. if you're in the middle of Utah and you have a quality control issue, that's different than if you're in the middle of a mall. Wow. And have a I still point rating. to Jeep. Yeah. Everybody wants a Jeep and they're, True they're at the bottom of the quality ratings. True but, enough. Yeah. So. yeah. So you were impressed. Yeah, very yeah. much so. Was there anything so, else? Very exciting. Well, you know, the Mach-E was there for Ford. Okay. Uh, they actually had a press thing on Media Day for the Mach-E. So that was good to see in person again. You mm -hmm. know, of course, read a, lot of, read a lot about it already. What do, you think um, of the foot, what do you think of the footprint of it? That's a little, you know, it's very, you know, pulling in the Mustang name and mm -hmm. Mach and things like that. I mean, it does connote, does give a feeling of certain things. and. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, again, I, I lately I feel a lot of Ford stuff is a little, a little too bland. Even so, I mean this is this is exciting, mm -hmm. but it's not. There's Mustang excitement going on already. Right. So, and there's going to be a lot of variations on this. I understand the the one that was on display there was the Mach 4EX or E4X. So it's an extended range. So we'll have different ranges available. That's good. Mm -hmm. so All-wheel drive available or four-wheel drive. That's good. Um, the X, I forget what that was for even already. Um, and Excitement? I, I, it, it's, exci <laughs> Sorry. it's exciting, but it, it's just, it might get too confusing for all the kinds of combinations right. you could have. Right. Um, for, you know, this initial footprint of here is our electric vehicle statement. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, they should just keep it a little simpler. Like, here's a model. Take it. Uh, what excited me, to be honest, is a little softer thing. Ford has this coalition of all the different electrical network providers. Mm -hmm. They'll be at ChargePoint or be at you know Electrify America stations, uh, Tesla stations or network. They have tw over 12,000 charge points. My goodness. That you will be able to use as a Ford electric vehicle owner. Yeah. So that's a lot better as a consumer, customer buying experience. Right, right. I don't have to sign up for three or four different accounts to be charging all these places. You are a Ford owner. You can charge at this place. Done. Moves the way more simpler. So yeah. I think that's a big deal. Sure it is. But that's not about the actual right. product design and stuff. I, I talk about footprint a lot because one, I want to garage whatever it is I'm driving. Mm. Two, I want to park it mm. wherever it is I'm driving. The DC burbs are different from DC itself, which sure. is where we're recording this. But I like the footprint of the Mach-E. To my way of thinking, it was a nice balance between the more compact 
that you envision coming very, mm-hmm. very soon. And things like the Tesla Model X, which I perceive to be too big, mm-hmm. too, just mm-hmm. too too tall, too much, too yeah. heavy. This Mach-E, it seemed to have a certain athleticism, at least to look at Absolutely. it. Absolutely. That's fair. And, and I, I think that sounds pretty exciting. Also, yeah. the price points, which... 45 to start? Yeah, it's like high 40s. Yeah, and assuming it will take a while for them to evaporate their incentives. Well, that's what – I don't know how they're going to – they're they're in the same position Tesla was in. You know, They have over 100,000 orders now. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so yeah. how the orders will be filled and when right. you get yours and And then the price that. point that you – what you pay the actual price point. with or without federal tax incentives. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Very intriguing. Yeah. yeah. Well, overall, your impression of the DC show – this is the nation's capital. I, you know, it is in January. Honestly, I mean, we were mostly there on the weekends, and it was packed. Well, good. Packed, packed. We did the first ever Spanish language tours. I mean, there's just there's you know a diversity that comes with all of many major right. uh, city that was really interesting to see there, and the the things there's some art and motion things going on. There's activities there. The first weekend, there were a lot of drive events going on. In particular, even Jaguar. I mean, mm-hmm. we talked about oh. Land Rover, Jaguar, Land Rover. Jaguar had their iPace, a really interesting looking, you know, kind of darked out, Tronish looking um, indoor track for right. the iPace. Yeah, yeah. So it was really great to see JLR doing Jaguar Land Rover. You know, the investment they've gotten must be paying off that they're able to have a refresh on their Evoke, have this all-new Defender coming mm-hmm. back from their history, have an electric vehicle there, and they're actually test-driving it. Right, right. Um, the Jaguar XE, which to be sure is fairly quiet in yep, the marketplace, yep. has gotten some upgrades from yep, 2020. Yep. That's so exciting. they're moving the brand or keeping the brand right. going forward, which right. is great to see. And you hope people are paying attention. Yeah, yeah. The good news is we're paying attention. But so the show overall was, you know, I thought was really well attended. And well, good, good. Yeah. A lot of action. Big fan of auto shows, and yeah. the nation's capital should have one of the better ones, yeah. in my view. Yeah. We're the nation's capital. Any other product there? I uh, I came away uh, surprised that Genesis did not have the GV80. Oh, right. Because it, yeah. it had debuted almost simultaneous to the Washington it, Auto Show in Miami. They had their new grill right. on the... Yeah, the 90. On the G90 there, right. but they didn't have... Earlier in the week, on that Monday, they had shown just the media and some right. Miami event. Uh, right. And G-80s. so I, I was a little surprised, as you yeah. and I discussed offline, yeah. they had the square footage to accommodate. Yep. Because yep. they had, had roughly twice the carpet yeah. that uh, they otherwise would yeah. have had. Uh, but they didn't have it. That no. said, it still made for a nice display. Mm-hmm. I came away... A lot of car shows will drag in the Mustang Club, so the Corvette Clubs, mm-hmm. to kind of round out the entertainment value of mm-hmm. an auto show. The, these folks had a Mustang Club, and mm-hmm. it's historically a very nice display. But they also had the Porsche Club of America mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. with an extremely neat display of both vintage and newer Porsches, mm-hmm. including one set up by a dealer in Alexandria that was kind of a barn find display. An older, unrestored 912. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In combination with an absolutely perfect 911 Targa from, I think, the late 60s. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I came, impressed, came away impressed by that. That would have justified the ticket price ah, had I okay. bought a ticket. For you. Yeah, yeah. Next year, though, I'm going to sign up for the VIP tour. Yeah, please. <laughs> Not mine. If, if I'm lucky enough to do it again. Um that's the other thing. It makes me think right um, in front of that Porsche display was um, Hyundai. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, it just, it's amazing 
people were often asking, you know, who's in the lead electric vehicle wise, and it's mm-hmm. not so. Everybody has the technology, right? They they have it. It's just or a could matter, access it. It's a matter of who is getting it out there the quickest and mm-hmm. most broadly. And Hyundai has definitely got to be one of those. I mean, they literally had this whole, you know, one quarter of their display, this little white Zen circle of right. their ionic uh, model line that has a regular hybrid, a plug-in hybrid, and fully electric. Right. They have the electric Kona, which is all electric, mm-hmm. and is a great kind of crossover small SUV great kind platform. of platform packaging. Right. Um, and then they have the hydrogen fuel cell for um, the Nexo. Right. Which is great too. So they really have like the broadest range so far, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it was a great place to talk about the difference between those things. And you know, consumers, I think we've mentioned in prior podcasts the uh, how people are going to compare these vehicles to each other right. that are electrified is is quite interesting. And there needs to be metrics set up to mm-hmm. give people comparisons. So. That's right. Right. I, I was impressed by the Hyundai display also, mm-hmm. and to be sure, it's a more conventional take. But their new subcompact oh, venue, the venue, which is a and looks to be an amazing buy at a twenty thousand dollar price point. Just yeah, a yeah. lot of content, no. a lot of utility. Everybody was yeah. like, "Oh, it's mini like." If when, yeah. when it's designed it has right, personality. Or it has, it has you, personality. You have connection. I it, saw a lot of people getting in and out of it. I think that's going to be a home run. It's what the Fiat five hundred L should have been, but oh, wasn't. Good comment. And, yeah, and, yeah. And my God, it so could be. I, yeah. I, I'm so disappointed in, in yeah. a Fiat bringing what they brought yeah. relative to Hyundai yeah. doing this. Yeah, good. Stuff. And we know with Hyundai, they'll keep it. In five years, there'll be an all-new one. You know, so and, they'll and, have the refreshes may, going on. they may actually advertise it. What a crazy concept. <laughs> yeah. To have something good and then advertise it. Yeah. It's to be a bigger thing, too, because of that. They certainly have. Mm. Uh, I, I'm not optimistic with respect to Houston. Mm. Uh, these shows that are run by dealer groups typically are very happy with the status quo. And to that end, I'm not seeing any significant transformation. But I think it'd be awfully nice to have a show in the south central part of the country, which is what Houston constitutes, uh, promoting itself as yeah. a Detroit alternative. Yeah, be very, yeah. very neat. Yeah. So with in, in leaving DC, was there anything else that resonated per se? Um, there was, you know, there was one thing. There was um, um, Cadillac had their um, all their new lineup there. Right. Um, but what they didn't have was the new Escalade, which has been come out now. Which they revealed essentially before the DC show had closed. Yeah, before or? it had closed, like yeah. during the DC show. So right. it wasn't revealed there. You know, they had their own special event. Um, but I mean, I hate to say it, I'm a former Cadillac employee, and I know all the work that went into making the Escalade special. Certainly, the interior looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but the exterior, like the rest of the lineup, kind of bit of a snooze, to be honest. Although, let me ask you. It's kind of bland. I mean, some of the GMC product for right. their full-size SUVs mm-hmm. looks more interesting and and more Ex- going on. Expressive. Than the um, the smoothness of the Escalade. I mean, the Escalade has always been chunky and bulky and in your face. And mm-hmm. it's there. And that, that trying to make it so refined is, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to work on Interesting. Product. I was just curious in the production of it because it's built on the same assembly line that the Suburban and GMC yeah, products yeah. Are, are built on. So I'm just wondering how far you can take it when you're building it on the same assembly line as those two vehicles. In other words, just how off script can the Escalade be when it's still based on a Suburban? Yukon oh my gosh, platform? it can be. It can be totally different looking. Okay. Okay. Yeah, completely. Hundred percent. Okay, interesting. Yeah. I mean, if you really wanted to go there, so. Okay, yeah. yeah. 
I so don't. unfortunately, it's not. And it just speaks to the rest of the lineup and in this effort for refinement and and you know they have a very refined grill now and the lights are kind of little and mm-hmm. um, you know nice character lines flowing through the exterior of the body, but but that's it. How, how do you think it uh, is going to? They're do? trying to unverticalize the rear tail lights. Um, the old leader, in fact, once said, he's like, you know, every refresh will just make them make it a little more horizontal. And, you know, uh-huh. over three or four refreshes, it'll be horizontal. Interesting. The taillights. But on the Escalade, they're still 100% vertical. Interesting. Just running up the side of the vehicle. I mean, it's just, I'm sorry, but that's, I hate, this sounds harsh. That's not design. Anybody can put a straight line up the uh-huh. the, the D pillar of a, of a vehicle. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. I don't know. How do you see Escalade doing against an all-new Navigator? Well, and that's what Lincoln has going on, and you know they're 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 really hitting it with their lineup and beyond Matthew McConaughey, behind the beyond the advertisements and uh-huh. the environment and atmosphere of that that you can exist in as the owner with with Matthew. Um, you know they've got the entry level, the new Corsair, replacing the MKC. Uh-huh. They have the Ford Explorer based the Aviator. They've renamed their MKX, the Nautilus, and that's refreshed. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, a year or two ago, bringing the new Navigator. Right, so right. Uh, they've got, and it is this more chunkier, comfy American comfort, and and it um, all is pretty cohesive, also mm-hmm. from from the smallest to the largest. It is. It is. You can see that they occupy the same brand. Yeah. 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 So you know, Cadillac has. Below the Escalade, the the XT6 they brought out, and we were able to drive that recently. And again, it didn't have any seem to me any dynamics that are different than the other mm-hmm. uh, three row SUVs they have available. They certainly have a good base with the XT5, and then the XT4 is out, and then they have their new sedans, the CT4 and CT5. That, well, to me, I know how they look different. Bring the tours around, nobody can tell that they're mm-hmm. different. You know, what, what, what is one versus the other? Right. And that's right. the whole point of rationalizing their sedans mm-hmm. is that you can have a difference. So I, I don't know. I yeah. don't know what's going to happen with that brand. Yeah, yeah. Sobering for those of us that have been around when Cadillac was essentially yeah, and, and the quote-unquote standard of the world. Anecdotally, yeah. the people on my tour, they were more gravitating towards looking more deeply into the Lincolns. They didn't even bother looking at the Cadillacs. Very interesting. So, you know, yeah. it's just... Yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of an interesting consumer sample. Yeah. Giving those tours yeah. and seeing what it is they yeah. respond to. So. Anybody looking for BMW, Mercedes, or Audi? Well, and we, uh, yes, they were. <laughs> I don't know if I want to bring that up, Dave, but they were not at the show. They're not at any shows this year. They're uh-huh. not necessarily seeing the return the way they want to see the return right. on on those that part of their experiential. Mm-hmm. They're doing other events and things for yeah. launching their product. And I'll continue to think that if automakers don't support auto shows, who the hell is going to? support an auto Oh, show. right, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not going to bring consumer electronics into the D.C. Convention Center for an auto show. Well, you know, I mean, Acura had a media event and it was talking about their airbag technology. Yeah. So it was more yeah. a technology statement. Mm-hmm. But they did have vehicles there to right. look at and the airbags are going. Yeah. In, so. And the NSX continues to be very, very compelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And before so, we leave D.C. completely, can we just give a shout out to the Corvette? My first opportunity to see it. Oh, that was my first chance live. to see it, too. Yeah. yeah. And, and the photography's been fine. I've not had any issue with the new C8 Corvette and seeing pictures of it, mm-hmm. but nothing beats seeing it in the No, middle. and they had the Stingray there, so you know, the convertible, mm-hmm. and they were operating the top. We couldn't, nobody could get in or anything, but right. it was still very exciting to see. I yeah. mean, I don't want to use the word value proposition for a Corvette, but right. I mean, the price points it's going to be offered at, wow. Right. 
right. to have that excitement and the heritage of that. I'm big on heritage names and mm-hmm. what it means to have, have that accessible that way. Yeah, if one wants to buy exciting. a $65,000 Ferrari, a 355 or older 430 as a comparison, mm-hmm. you're going to have to have another $60,000 in the bank to maintain that $60,000 Ferrari. And here's a Corvette with a warranty and dynamics that would be superior to anything other than a new Ferrari. Right. So right. anyway, very exciting proposition. So yeah. Chicago starts, and what do they have as the first big show of the season to well, excite uh, us? We're not there. We're obviously uh, talking here instead. Of, we're not talking to Chicago. Um, stuff I've seen so far has been some truck stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jeep the- made kind of a big... A big splash in relative terms. It wasn't as big as introducing a Gladiator pickup, but Mm -hmm. it is a variation of the Gladiator pickup that's pretty exciting. They want to go after the Ford Raptor audience or the rapturous Ford Raptor audience with something that is a high-speed desert runner. With the Gladiator? With the Gladiator pickup in a Mojave trim, which apparently gives enough suspension differential to uh, support longer travel, higher speed, you know, instead of the rock-crawling Jeep that historically has been uh-huh. the brand's uh, specialty, uh, they've got a higher-speed Jeep for those people that go out into the California so like desert the and just go. Yeah, The racing exactly. Jeep, off-road air racing. Right, right. Yeah, so that's the premise. Oh, okay. And that's uh, what Raptor is, the high output, higher right, power. Right, Just so this will be a smaller size. Then. I was going to say, if there's a knock so more and, nimble. and I love the Raptor, if I had a Shell gas card mm. that was just continually <laughs> refed, I don't know a used Raptor. You I'm had pretty, your own gas tank in your... But that said, oh. I find the Raptor footprint too, too big uh-huh. for an urban area. Uh-huh. I would not find the Gladiator too big. Uh-huh. And uh, so anyway, the notion that it's a little more upright, a little more narrow. To look a little more into that. just go... It looks pretty exciting. I didn't realize that that's what the Mojave was. I yeah. thought it was like a North Edition trim of the Wrangler. And, and they also introduced... City trim, the 305 trim. I thought it was just like kind of that idea. Yeah, yeah. But it's it, more. It's, it's it is. It is. Uh, some actual suspension yeah, cool. chassis modifications to do that. They also introduced a higher trim. And since I didn't know we were going to be at least referencing it, I've forgotten what that higher trim is called. Mm-hmm. But they have, of course, a luxury take on Wrangler on Wranglers right. and Gladiators now that uh, the world is clamoring for oh, because okay. 65, 70 grand mm-hmm. isn't enough to spend on a Jeep. <laughs> they want to spend 75, 80. Anyway, more power to them yeah. if it helps the bottom line. Any other trucks come out in Chicago or I, coming out? It, it, it's kind of quiet, Kevin, but since it is quiet, I think we ought to be mentioning it. Uh, Nissan has been suggesting a redesigned Frontier for a long time. Uh, the current platform dates back, I think, to 2004. It got a refresh maybe five years later. Mm-hmm. So they've been building and selling the same truck now for over a decade. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the good news is it continues to sell well. From my perspective, being an analog guy, they haven't changed it much. But the one area where it obviously had a need was under the hood. This old 4-liter V6 ain't approaching anything uh, of this century in terms of efficiency, power, whatever. So they're introducing a new 3.8-liter V6 and 9-speed automatic huh? to this existing truck as a forecast of what's going to happen with the new platform, hmm. So or new truck, which is apparently is still about a year out. So again, for those of us that like upright and some sort of emotional connection to the old school of design, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. kind of like your affection for the Defender, mm-hmm. uh, to my way of thinking... 
the old frontier with the new drivetrain would be the sweet spot in looking at a mid-sized truck. Uh, I, I couldn't get financing on one, but maybe somebody in the listening audience could. Hmm. Uh, it's on Nissan showrooms this spring, okay. and I think would be worth a drive. Yeah, yeah. Always and and uh, f- from my standpoint, again, a thousand miles away here in D.C. while looking at the Chicago Auto Show. Chicago Auto Show, it- it's a neat place to be, if you can forgive the fact that it's in Chicago in February. But they've got lots of square feet, lots of display space, and enough of a cosmopolitan market there to have a great representation of both the domestic and the import industries. Well, it's made for the consumer side. It, it, right. it is. I think it still is the largest consumer attended. Probably so, yeah. Versus media and industry and things like that. They sell a lot of square feet and good for them. And they have a lot of interesting events you can do. I think, well, we saw the Atlas Crossboard here in D.C. There's actually a drive course set up in Chicago. You know, the extra room lets them do a lot of extra things there too. Right, right. So So anyway, good good stuff. And uh, it's always fun as the uh, auto show season launches. I mean, there was LA in November. And so ostensibly, that is the launch of the auto show season. But the spring thing with DC, Chicago, Houston, New York, and probably shouldn't forget Baltimore, which is also happening right now. But we may. Well, great. Well, hopefully, uh, we'll see what comes out the rest of the days of Chicago. Maybe that's what we'll kick off next next week with. And, And in the interim, shut up and drive. Definitely shut up and drive. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Dave. Thank you, Kevin. Shut up and drive.